Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Today I want to talk about, for the final week, our No One Is Beyond Reach series. And I want to ask the question of in your life, what does it look like to have an impact and to leave a legacy? These are two words I hear of a lot. And I don't want to assume that everybody's the same as me, but I've surveyed a few and they've all nodded in agreement. But most people that I know and that I come across would want their life to have an impact. They want their life to count for something. You want your life to matter. You don't just want to get through life and think, well, tick, it's done. I don't think I did much. I don't think anyone will remember that I existed, but we're all done. So most people that I know want to feel like their life is going to have an impact. I think if you're a young person here today, one of the things that marks your generation is that you want to be a generation that actually makes a difference in the world. Now, it's not that you're different from the generations before you, but there's this heightened sense in you of you want your life to count for something. And so when you ask the question, one of the things that many of us would say is this, I want to make a significant difference in the world. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands this morning, but I reckon right across this place, that would be a statement that you would write somewhere as a little personal mission thing. I want to make a significant difference in the world. So what does that look like? Because here today, there's probably some of us feeling like we've missed the boat on this or we just don't have the skill set for it or we've tried our best and there's always others that shine greater than us. And so we've given up and we just think all we're destined for is either a nominal existence or a mediocre life or doing something hopefully to some level of good. But we've probably given up on the idea of a significant difference and we may have given up on the idea of it actually impacting the world. We might have turned our personal mission statement into, I want to do something half decent with the people around me. And that's still a great idea to live by. But I want to encourage you in some things today. Some things that I think are an observation that we make of life, but certainly the things that are rooted in the Scriptures. And it's about this statement. It's this, I want to make a significant difference in the world. Because I think what the Bible teaches is that every one of us has the chance to do those two things. Have an impact and leave a legacy. It just might look different from the way you think it looks. Let me explain that for a minute. What does the word significant mean to you? You see, we've probably already determined in our mind what it means to make a significant difference. But you know, one of the things the Bible encourages, and it tells us through the narrative and the stories in different places, is that we don't always know that the things that we do in obedience the difference they're going to make in someone else's life. At the end of last year, a group of us from this church went on our first short-term mission team to Cambodia. There was eight of us, eight uh, guys, went over to just look at some different projects, to meet with the Crilly family, who is a family from within our congregation that's now part of our Gateway Global team. And uh, we just went, we looked at a whole bunch of different things. But as part of our team going, we made a small contribution together to an organisation over there that spends their time putting clean water in people's homes. And I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I'd forgotten about that. It wasn't that significant a contribution if we're talking dollar figures. But it was something that we decided to do as part of the trip. Everyone contributed some of their trip costs. 
for a donation to this organisation putting clean water in people's homes. We had the privilege when we were there of seeing what they do. We actually helped build some water filters and praying God help those that got our water filters. But we helped pour concrete in some moulds that create biosand filters for people. And I completely forgot about it until this week I got an email, as did all the other guys, I think, from the organisation that said, hey, we just wanted to report back what happened with that gift that you gave us. And there was a photo of, I think, nine families standing beside their brand new biosand filter out the front of their house with a GPS coordinate, coordinate from where those people live and how many members in their family are now receiving clean water because of the donation that we made. Now, I feel incredibly humbled by that because we didn't really do a whole lot. But God compelled a group of people just to make a small gift that's going to have a significant impact. You see, one of the things we've got to be careful of is that we don't do anything because we think what we have is not significant. If this church was full of people that thought, well, I'm not going to serve, or I'm not going to use my gifts because there's someone that I look at that's got more to offer than I do or is better than I am or that I've compared myself to and I've judged myself as worthless. You know, if we all had that attitude, we'd never get anywhere because it's actually not about how big a gift we bring. It's about bringing whatever it is that God's given us to bring. Jesus tells this great story of standing in the temple courts, watching people as they came to give their offering, as we've just done here today. And people are coming in and there's the well-known people in town that wander in and everybody knows they've got money, that they're, they're well-to-do. And, and all the church leaders must be looking around, seeing their gift go in, thinking, I'm really glad they turned up to church today. That's going to help us do ministry. It's going to help us care for our different spaces. And Jesus sees them all walk in and then he sees this widow walk in and she puts in two coins that are worth nothing in the economic terms. And Jesus stops his disciples and he says, see that woman there? She gave more than anybody else. You see, in God's economy, sometimes the smallest thing is the biggest. Because it's about our heart, it's about our attitude, it's about the sacrifice that we're willing to make. So if you want to make a significant difference in the world, we have to reset our idea of significant because it's not about how much or how big or, or how impactful we believe it is in human eyes. It's about us doing the things that God calls us to do no matter how small it is. When it comes to the end of this service, and today, you know, today lands in the opportunity to give, and that's a financial investment in Gateway Beyond, but Gateway Beyond is not just about finance. It's about all the people we're gonna talk about. It's about some of you that one day will be the ones on these screens because God's prompting something in your spirit that you are to go and serve the poor or you are to go and you're gonna translate the Scriptures into someone else's mother tongue. Whatever it is, some of you one day are gonna be on this screen. It's not all about the gift, but I want to talk about the gift for a moment because if we all start to believe that what we have to contribute isn't really worthwhile, we've missed the point because God's not asking just for the five or six here that have the means to contribute great amounts. He just wants to put on the heart of many of us the willingness to give what it is that we can give. And you know what? The beauty is that your impact will be significant when you're obedient to the things that God calls you to. It's not about the size. One of my uh, greatest illustrations in this is probably the person that is most well-known in Christian faith and history outside of Jesus. And there's a few we've talked about Paul and Moses, but, but the guy that really started it all was a man by the name of Abraham. 
Christian, non-Christian, people have heard of Abraham. He's a fairly well-known, popular figure, not just in Christianity, but in a whole bunch of world religions. They trace their beginnings back to Abraham. But if you read the story of Abraham, Abraham's life was one of great promise. See, God met Abraham and He said, Abraham, guess what? I've created this beautiful world. People have broken it with sin, but I'm actually gonna do something incredible and it's gonna start with you. And through you and through your line, actually, you're gonna be a nation, Abraham. You're gonna be more numerous than the sand on the seashore. That's how great this nation will become. Everyone will know your name, Abraham. Your name will be great. And through you, all nations on earth will be blessed. That was God's promise to Abraham. You know what it looked like for Abraham? Abraham is an old man had a son, and then died. Abraham probably was sitting on his deathbed thinking, this doesn't feel like I've made that significant an impact. I just had a kid in my old age. God promised it. I believed him. It happened. I don't get to experience the numerous sand on the seashore or the through me all nations on earth will be blessed. I just get to be part of the small thing that God chose me for. And you don't know the impact that you'll have by doing the small things, whether it be a financial gift, whether it be the time you give, whether it be a phone call that you make, whether it be somebody that you reach out to in love. You do not know the significance of the impact even the smallest things we bring will have on someone's life. In the kingdom of God, start with the small things because God takes our small things and makes them big. The second thing I want to talk about is this. I'd love us to think not about I want to make a significant impact in the world, but we want to make a significant impact in the world. I've said this many, many times. It's going to be ingrained on uh, your hearts and your spirits if you sit in this church too long. I've actually heard other people start quoting it, so I feel like it's getting through. But we are better together than we are on our own. Okay, we are better together than we are on our own. And we live in this very individualistic society that says it's about me and it's about me shining, it's about me doing our thing and it's about me, me, me. And so we think if we're gonna be significant, it's all about what I can do. I wanna suggest that the Scripture encourages that it's not about what you can do, it's about what we can do together. It's actually about all of us playing our part, our unique part with the resources we've got, with the gifts that we've got, with whatever God's given us, we bring it And then when someone else brings their bit and someone else brings their bit, guess what? We're part of a greater story than you could have ever written yourself. And I'm gonna share a story this morning that isn't someone else's story. It's not some other church's story. It's not some external organisation's story. The stories that I'm gonna share this morning out of Gateway Care and Gateway Global and Gateway Campuses are our story, Gateway. All the faces you're gonna see on that screen are part of your church. They're people that are either sitting in the pews today or have sat in these pews in one of our campuses. This isn't someone else's story. This is what God is doing through us together. So if you want to know the significance of your impact, I'm about to tell you what the significance of our impact is together. And when you do your little bit, guess what? God takes your little bit and brings someone else's little bit and someone else's little bit and someone's slightly bigger bit because they've got the capacity to do it and someone else's really minute bit in worldly terms, but God brings it all together in some beautiful picture. And guess what? We get to make a significant difference. If you want to find your significance, stop just chasing it all the time in what it is for you. Find it in the unity of what God wants to do in us.
It's a really well used and preached analogy out of 1 Corinthians 12, but the Bible talks about the body of Christ. I wanna read it to you from the message paraphrase. The Bible was written just to get what the message paraphrase is. The Bible is written in a whole bunch of languages that weren't English. Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and people have had to go in and translate that. And so the scriptures that we got are someone's translation of the original text into English. The message is just takes it a step further where they've taken the original intent of the scripture and just modernized the language. It's more it's great for devotional reading and space. It's not uh, it, it's just why we call it a paraphrase. It's not a translation which is true to the text, it's a paraphrase. And the guy that wrote it, Eugene Peterson. Uh, paraphrases 1 Corinthians 12 by saying this, we each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he, being God, has the final say in everything. I want you to think about how this makes you more significant, not less. You see, your body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If the foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If an ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limped and impressive or inexpressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? Paul's just saying, this is crazy. If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. He's not talking about body parts now, he's talking about people. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it's only because of what you are part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body but a monster. It's the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts to see, we see, and the parts that we don't. Some of you are going to do some significant things. You might get a Wikipedia entry one day, your name might get on the front of a newspaper. I don't know what the story is going to be for all of us, but I guarantee you one thing. We together can have a much bigger impact than any one of us can on our own. And today it's not about the one or two, it's about all of us. What can we do together? You know, Morris, 42 years serving the poor in South Asia. And he's got some great stories, but 42 years to shape those stories. I guarantee there's been days where he just thought it was the worst job in the world, where he just wanted to do anything else but do the job that he was. But guess what? Morris keeps doing what he's doing because it's what God's called him to do. Morris keeps doing what he's doing because some of you put some money in a bucket on a Sunday that enables him to continue to live out the call that God's put on his life. You see, we're much better together than we'll ever be on our own. The third thing I just want to say is this. If we look at that statement, I want to make a significant difference, well, I want to suggest that we can make a significant difference in the world. What does it mean in the world? You see, the Bible is very, very clear that there's some things that we can invest in and some things that we can build for and that some things that we can build right now that are actually going to last beyond this life. You see, there's a narrative in our culture that says you just do whatever you can to suck out the best of life now. And I, don't want to, I just want to be really upfront with you today. When we ask you to give, it's going to come with sacrifice. It's going to cost you something. There's going to be some pain in that, right? Most good things in life come with some element of pain. 
But I want to give you complete permission today before you make a commitment. If it's not something that you're going to do willingly and with joy, don't do it. I don't want to have you come and knocking down my door saying, we were compelled. Don't be part of it. You don't have to. You'll see on your cards, there's no names. We walk out of this place today and have no idea which ones of you. So here's the thing, if you're doing it to get glory, you'll get zero. God will get all the glory from what happens today. But we will make a significant difference in this world because we'll be focusing on things that extend beyond this world. The Bible makes it very clear that there's some things that walk beyond the grave into the next life. And can I tell you what they aren't are? They're not big houses. They're not great investment portfolios. They're not brand new cars. They're not all these things that sometimes we accumulate ready for the rainy day. Uh, An ancient writer, the book of Ecclesiastes, a really wise man, spent his whole life trying to accumulate stuff. And when he looked at it, he said this. He said, I hated all the things I had toiled for under the sun because I must leave them to the one who comes after me. And who knows whether that person will be wise or foolish, yet they'll have control over all the fruit of my toil, which I poured my effort and skill under the sun. This is meaningless. So my heart began to despair over all my toilsome labour. For a person may labour with wisdom, knowledge and skill, and then they must leave it to another who has not toiled for it. This is meaningless and a great misfortune. In other words, he says, I've spent my whole life living the narrative of build my own kingdom and I get to the end and I realise what's it worth? Now the Bible tells us this in 1 Timothy. It says, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing out of it. You know, the one thing that extends beyond the grave is people. And so one of the calls that we have as people that have made a decision, those of us here that have made a decision to put our faith in following Jesus, is we are now called. We talk about being called and you go, I've never really been called. Let me tell you what you've been called to. You've been called to be part of kingdom business that walks beyond the grave. And one day the bit of glory you might get is when someone comes up to you in glory in the streets of heaven and says, thank you for making an investment in me. Because all that other stuff can't walk with you into eternity, but people can and people will. So church, I reckon we can make a significant difference in this world for the sake of the kingdom. I want to give you an invitation today to be part of something that's having already a significant impact and part of building something that echoes beyond this life. I want to tell you some stories This morning, because one of the things that God has called us to as a church is to care for the broken. Let me show you a really embarrassing photo uh, from some years ago. This is back in about 2002 or 2003. I emailed Sue Sharp this week and said, Sue, I want to tell the story of where Gateway Care began. Have you got a photo? And we both realised that we didn't have cameras walking around that often those days and no one could take a photo on their phone. So we can't show a photo to you today of what Gateway Care looked like in the early 2000s when it first started. But these were the people that were around in the early first 2000s when it first started. Look at this really fine looking bloke with hair, <laughs> right? Here's Tim, he'll be here in a few weeks. Tim was our senior pastor at the time. And here's Sue who's sitting about row six 
here this morning. Is he Sue was on our eldership, then came onto our pastoral team in a role of gateway care and community. And we had a room at the church. It was probably not much bigger than that office there if you peek your head in later. And in that office was a big double chest freezer, was a couple of racks of clothing, was a change booth, and I can't remember, and a couple of shelves of dry goods. That was just, God was doing something in the hearts of our church, in the hearts of our people saying, you know what, if we're gathered in our local community in the name of Jesus and we're not helping poor and broken people in our own backyard, there's something missing. And so something started to emerge out of the heart of our church that began in an office. And right now, looking back on that office, it wasn't that significant. But guess what? God birthed something there that has actually gone on in the last 15 to 20 years to grow into something that I would say is now us together having a significant impact on our community for the sake of the kingdom. See, a few years later, those couple of racks of clothing were starting to get a little bit of business. People wanted clothes. And you know why? Because it's not just, you know, people that are really struggling to put clothing on their kids that access our clothing area. It's people like me and you that have stacks of kids that grow out of their clothes in three and a half minutes. And right now, let me take a side tangent. If you've never visited our op shop, it's not for everybody else. It's just as much for you. So come down and be blessed by some incredibly good clothes that are gonna bless your family. Because that's why the op shop exists. We don't do it because we think it's a good idea to get into retail as a church. We do it because we know that there's people in our community that can be blessed by good quality clothing to put on their family. And so that op shop turned into a great big op shop up the road at Mackenzie. And uh, that op shop turned into the Gateway Care Centre where we launched last year our expression of the op shop. And guess what? Right now, every month, over a thousand people walk through the doors of a Gateway op shop and are blessed with cheap clothes and bric-a-brac. It started in an office with two racks as big as that. And you know what? Sue's not involved in the op shop anymore and a whole bunch of people that were early in those days aren't involved in the op shop anymore. But now there's over 100 and something volunteers in our care ministry that are giving their time to bless families in our community through our op shop. That little office turned into a, you know, a dream that many years later came to fruition called the Gateway Counseling and Wholeness Centre. And uh, we too started our little care space down here and believing that God wants to grow over the years to come, an expression of the Gateway Counselling and Wholeness Centre down here in Blank Street in Ormo. But right now, two and a half thousand sessions a year are going through the Gateway and Counselling and Wholeness Centre with something that started with a few sessions in some old offices at our Mackenzie site. You know what? It wasn't just one or two people. One or two people carried the dream that God gave. One or two people did the years and years of hard work. Go ask Sue about the hard work to get there. Right now, there's a whole bunch of others that are benefiting from what we're doing together. And you know what? What you contribute today is going to help these ministries continue to grow and flourish. Those couple of racks of food in uh, that original office and the frozen meals that were in the freezer turned into a ministry called Manor. And Manor has now formed into a ministry called On Track because it's not just about handing food to people, it's actually about helping people get their lives back on track. Because if you're turning up to a church asking for a food parcel, we say we really want to bless you with the practical love of Jesus, but we want to invest in you in a way that's actually going to help you not have to keep coming back. We want to see you get some help so that you can navigate and be empowered yourself 
to find a brand new narrative in your future. But those couple of racks of food turn into something much greater. And some of you have been part of our Thanksgiving Day celebrations where thousands of bags full of food have been delivered into that care centre to the point now where 40 families a month are being fed uh, food parcels through our gateway care centres. And we've got over 2,000 food parcels every year going out through their doors. This isn't someone else's story. This is our story. If you want to be part of something significant, you are part of something significant. And you might not get to see it and you might not get to speak to the families, but guess what? This is our story to get the church. This is what God is doing through a group of people, broken, messed up, faulty, like me, you mess it up sometimes. And guess what? God, because He is good, brings us together and allows us to do something spectacular for the sake of His kingdom in blessing people's lives. So we're caring for the broken, we're welcoming the stranger. About 15 years ago, uh, this little shop front was leased on... uh, about 50 metres from Woodridge train station and a ministry emerged called CareWorks. And at the time, CareWorks was more uh, a group of people that were gathering and were opening it up and there was a bit of a soup kitchen and there were community gatherings for people that just wanted to gather and be blessed. But over the years, CareWorks morphed into something. Uh, What we started to see was the people that started accessing our CareWorks centre were new to this country. And they didn't know where to turn because they came in, they had nothing. They'd come from great jobs and great family connections and some of them have turned up in our country with nothing but the clothes on their back. They're fleeing some of the most horrific places in the world and we were as a church called to meet with them and to bless with them. And so now this centre that started 15 years ago down in the heart of Logan has moved on site to Gateway Logan Campus and CareWorks now three days a week is teaching migrants and refugees that are brand new to our backyard skills in English and creating community and blessing them. Some of you saw the story on the screen last week about how that's translating into people discovering faith in Jesus. This is your story. This is the impact that we're together having. We as a church are called The Fight Poverty and Empower the Poor. You've already seen Morris on the screen this morning. And Morris is one of my heroes, 42 years. Morris and Roz, his wife, you know, it's, he, Morris can't do what he's doing without a great family support network around him. But Morris is empowering the poor. He was part of uh, translating the scriptures into the mother tongue of the people that he works with in South Asia. And he uh, now travels, he lives in Brisbane and travels a few times a year. And when he's in Brisbane, guess what? He's sitting in the pews of Gateway Mackenzie because this is his church family. In other words, you are his church family. And Morris heard the call of God to go and so Morris went. And over 42 years, some people have heard the call of God to pray. And so they've prayed Morris safety and security and blessing and all the things that he needs to do what he's doing. And some people heard the call to give. And for 42 years, Morris has been enabled to do what he's doing, making significant impact in the poor in South Asia because together God has called us to do something significant. I could tell you of Lyndall. All these people predate my time at Gateway. They've been around for a long time. But Lyndall's working with AIDS orphans giving them hope, giving them future, giving them a family. Or Ryan and Anna. Ryan is a pilot who is using his skills uh, in Africa to actually make sure that medical care is being delivered to our remote villages and remote areas working for a mission organisation. And Anna is working with street kids in Kenya. I could tell you of Joe and Joe that are working in the Middle East, empowering the poor. I could tell you of Linda that's working 
uh, with kids that are born with uh, the incapacity to work and to, to walk, and she's using her medical skills to actually run and facilitate a program that is actually helping children learn to walk. Every person on that screen is part of your church. I can tell you, Tristan and Megan, that we're sitting in these pews that are starting their journey. Morris is 42 years into the journey that Megan and Tristan are 12 months into. But they believe that God called them to go to Cambodia to share the message of Jesus and to bring hope to people in Cambodia. See, no one is beyond reach. No one is beyond reach. If you want to know the impact that you're having, church, a few years ago in a Christmas offering, you were asked to give so that we as a church could help build a village of hope in Kyrema, in Uganda. And guess what? The money that was given through this church, through the ministry of one of our people, was able to build a village of hope, a church, provide clean water, Jason looks awesome there, doesn't he? <laughs> Opening the clean water in the village. We together build a village of hope. You know, just in the last 12 months, we've contributed to seeing uh, a child and maternal health wing bought, uh, hospital built in Kitgum, Uganda, where no longer uh, are people having to give birth with no medical support or care, but actually top quality care is given for women and children in birth and in some of the challenges that they have there in one of the poorest parts of the world, we as a church contributed to make that happen. Or I could tell you about the training centre at the Heal Africa Hospital that also was part of our Hospitals of Hope appeal at Christmas a couple of years ago that's now been built training surgeons in a country, and, and you saw, some of you heard this story shared, but in a country where we live, there's one surgeon for every 10,000 people in population. In the Congo, where that training centre exists, there's one surgeon for every one to two million people in the population. And so we want to see local surgeons trained to be able to bless their own people. You see, this is about empowering the poor. And over many years now, Gateway has been involved right from the inception in starting training centres that are helping young women that are rescued out of slavery in just the most horrific of form to find new hope and a new future by learning sugar craft and cake decorating and hospitality skills. And now we've graduated hundreds of young girls that have been rescued out of the most dire circumstances and seen them given hope for a future and creating the most elaborate, impressive and unbelievable Unbelievable cakes because you know what? These girls that are created in the image of God are expressing their creativity and this would not exist if we together didn't do what God called us to do. Some of you might get called to go one day. All of us can be part of what this looks like. And all the people that are involved in those projects, Andrew and Anne, Murray and Ruth, Neil and Gwen, Ainsley, are all people that 90% of the time, or some of the money, 50% of the time now sit in our seats but heard the call of God. Neil operated on me about 15 years ago because he was one of the top, he didn't do it because he was one of the top surgeons, it's because I knew him, but he was one of the top surgeons in Queensland, heard the call of God to go and train surgeons in one of the poorest nations of the world and so sold everything and decided that a life of blessing others in service was greater than a life of accumulating stuff for himself. That's the kingdom of God at work. We're called the care for the poor. Why am I doing this? Because I reckon there's some of us at Ormo that we're we're fairly new to the journey and I want you to get a sense of just what Gateway Beyond is in its entirety. 
And as I said, these aren't made up stories. These are very real things that this commitment we make together today will enable to keep happening and keep growing into the future. We're called to spread the gospel and we've got some great people on our great Gateway Global team like Eleanor that's training and discipling young leaders and again has been doing it since before I was part of Gateway, right across the world, training young leaders in who Jesus is and what it means to follow Him. We've got Rob and Liz, sorry, I don't know how to go back. Rob and Liz and their kids that are doing the same in South Asia and Janine who's doing that in one of the most challenging places of the world. But seeing, you saw her story. Susan shared her story last week. But seeing God do incredible things as she's obedient to his call. So we're called together to care for our local community through Gateway Care, to bless the nations of the world. And right now we've got 36 adults working in uh, full time as part of our Gateway Global team in over 50 nations around the world, 17 kids that are part of that. So we've got over 50 of our Gateway Global family that aren't sitting with us today because they're following God's call in all places of the world. And that's what God has birthed out of this church. And this heart for mission started long before any of us were part of Gateway, but it's only continued to grow. We gave more to mission as a church last year to Gateway Global than we've ever given before. You know what? Because it's not just about the people that set foot on the ground. It's about what God does in the heart of the community that says, you know what, together we are going to have a significant impact on our world for the sake of the kingdom. And for some of us, it's going to cost us our job, our security and our future as we pack up everything and we go. For some of us, it's just going to sacrifice a little bit, a couple of few less coffees, few less dinners out, maybe just a slightly scaled back holiday because God has called you to be part of something bigger than yourself. But there's one more part to what we are part of together because everything that we've just spoken of, Gateway Care, Gateway Global, you know where it bursts out of? It bursts out of the healthy growth of local churches here in our backyard. And so people are like, why are we talking about church planning when we're talking about Gateway Beyond? Well, you know why? Because 10 years ago, Gateway was giving $200,000 to all the projects that I spoke about. But over the last 10 years, our church has continued to grow and more people have started to call this church home. And last year, we gave over $600,000. So what happens when the local church here grows and is healthy and more people discover for themselves the life-changing message of Jesus and decide to say, whatever it is, Lord, I'm here, use me. I'm willing to go, I'm willing to give, I'm willing to be part of something bigger than just myself. Well, when this place grows... And when Logan and Redlands and Mackenzie and our brand new city campus that hasn't yet materialised and who knows where else that God calls us together to plant churches in the future. And every time we plant a church, there's a cost because we say farewell to friends and we give some money to enable a new facility to be functional for ministry. There's always a cost. But when the local church grows here, people to the far ends of the world are blessed because of it. So these things all go together. And so as a church, we're committed to planting churches. And you know what? We're going against the grain because all the commentary says that God's going out of fashion in our nation. All the commentary says that churches are going backwards. Well, guess what? You're part of a church that's not going backwards, but it's going upwards and forwards in the name of Jesus. 
And we're going to continue to do it because God's just handed something to us together that says, you just keep doing it. Keep replicating what you're doing. Go into new places. And we're all the fruit of that because seven years ago, 50 people, all none of us had a clue what we were doing. How we didn't mess this up and stuff this up, I will never know, but for the grace and the glory of God. But here we are today. There's four times as many people as part of our congregation today as there was when we started seven years ago. And last year, we planted a our next campus in Redlands. And they're already bigger than us. It kind of grates me every time we talk about it, but God is blessing them abundantly. Part of that is because we learned some great lessons starting here that we've been able to hand on to others. And then three months later, Gateway Logan started and they're already bursting at the seams and wondering what they're gonna do because they can't find enough seats to fit people in the building that they repurposed for church. And in just a couple of months' time, Gateway's going to go into the city. We've got a great facility directly opposite the Maya Centre on Elizabeth Street that God miraculously has made available to us in a way that we could never have done it ourselves. It's been made available at a, to lease at a price that we could just never imagine for inner city accommodation. But guess what? Andrew Circum's already being the kind of affirmed as our campus pastor. He's got a team ready to go. We're just waiting on some stuff to arrive so we can get started. But within the next two months, we believe that the city campus is gonna open its doors and start blessing people in the heart of our city. Well, actually in the heart of Brisbane City. You know why? Because God's called us together to do something in the Gold Coast. And so when you give today, when you pledge to give, this is not a gift, this is not an offering today, let me just reiterate that again. This is a gift that you're gonna give sometime over the next 12 months, it's a pledge. If you wanna give a gift today, we will not say no. But this is not just about a one-off gift, this is just a, what you can pledge to give over the next 12 months. And as I said, we don't get your name, we can't follow you up, so it really is a faith promise. You make the pledge and we just trust that it comes in. But you know, we're going to see a city campus established. But you know what? Today really hits the rubber for us here at Ormo. One of the things that we as a church have determined together, not just us together, but Gateway, all of us together, our board of elders, our senior leadership team, every other campus pastor, and every member in our church has now affirmed that one of the things that's going to happen in the next three years is there's going to be a group of people that are currently meeting in a somewhat primitive school hall in Ormo that are going to set down their roots in a permanent presence, worship centre, somewhere in this northern Gold Coast that is going to be a church that blesses people for generations to come. I hope some of you hang around long enough with us to sit in those pews one day and see the centre. But guess what? This is going to be a place that's going to outlive any one of us. I hope some of those kids out there today with Donna and her team are the ones that are standing where I am in a couple of years' time. I'm getting tired. Someone else can take the name. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. But I hope one day I get to hand leadership to one of the young people that's growing up so well within our church that's going to make that greater than what any of us together could make it. But guess what? Here is our chance to have an impact and to build a legacy. And when we give, we start the process of turning dirt on a centre. This does not materialise from heaven without the sacrifice of God's people making it happen. And you know what? Together this year, it's a big call. 1.2 million bucks is what we need to sustain and grow everything that I've spoken about today. It sounds like a big amount, but let me just put you in the picture. Last year, we as a church gave that. We had a 90th birthday offering at the end of the year. 
We had a gateway beyond pledge that we actually, people gave more than they pledged. Incredible, the generosity of our church. The year before that, we got a very similar amount coming in because people committed to building a kids and youth centre at Mackenzie that's now seeing like a thousand young people a week blessed through the ministry there. And some of you made a commitment to give to that and you also gave to Gateway Beyond and you also gave to the offering. And guess what? We saw that money come in. The difference for this year is we're not asking again, this is the last time you'll get a message like this in 2019. You might get some gentle encouragements, but this is the last time that we're going to ask you to do this. And this is everything coming together. So whatever you have pledged to Gateway Beyond, whatever you pledged to our special offerings over the years, I encourage you today, we all need to step up and lift to see this come to fruition. But part of the fruit of what's going to happen is all those people that are working right across the world are going to be blessed. But we too are going to be blessed. Now, please don't ask me who drew that and if that's what the church is going to look like because I have no idea. <laughs> Artist's impression. Although I think that's me, future me. Is that a woman? That... I may have just derailed Gateway Beyond right there. That's not happening. It's me over here, the, the, the oh, hair plugs and no. <laughs> you know, uh, the story of Acts is the story of Paul and his friends. I get the band to come join me. Paul, it's the story of Paul and his friends as they took the message of Jesus into the world. And our Paul gets to a place called Corinth. And when he's in Corinth, as his practice was, he'd go to the synagogue and he'd meet. And the synagogue was like where all the Jewish people would meet for their weekend gatherings. And he went there. And these were all people that had deep faith in God, but a lot of them yet hadn't actually acknowledged that Jesus was God's kind of finest move. Jesus was actually God in the flesh, come to do something brand new. And it says that Paul's arguing with the Jews and he just gets sick of it and he goes, I'm done. And Acts 18 tells us this. He says, then Paul left the synagogue and went next door to the house of Titius Justice. Now understand Corinth is an area that as of yet hasn't been reached with the gospel of Jesus. And in the house of Titius Justice, uh, who was a worshipper of God. And Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in Jesus. And many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptised. One night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. Don't be afraid, keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you and no one is gonna attack and harm you because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the Word of God. Uh, Paul, there's something that we don't read in that text and it's the fact that God has to come and speak to Paul, like with Paul, this hero of the faith, but the fact that God kind of felt like Paul in that moment needed an encouragement just to keep talking about Jesus. That just tells me that Paul took some pretty significant hits to do what God had called him to do. But the Spirit comes and says, Paul, just keep talking, keep talking, keep, keep sharing the message. And so Paul does it and he, he's now in this brand new church that's planted in this city of Corinth. It was the place where the gospel of Jesus turned up to this city for the first time and a church was established. And that church grew, and that church became influential and that church probably sent out more people to start more churches. You know what, there's something that happens when we together plant churches and grow churches and see God do something good in our midst. You know what some of the fruit of that is? We get in Jesus' Name to care for more people, more broken families, more broken kids. We get to actually help our families 
receive the help that they need. We get to put food on people's tables. We get to put clothes on people's back. We get to plug people in with professionals that can help them navigate some of the challenges of life. We get to speak into people with addiction. We get to speak into people that have mental illness and can't see a hope or a future. This is one of the things that happens when we together lean in and go, guess what? Together we're going to make a significant difference in the world by just doing whatever it is that God calls us to do. But more than that, we get to be part of actually seeing kids in Africa walk and see mums in Uganda have great medical facilities to give birth and to see surgeons trained in the Congo and to have cultures that have never heard the name of Jesus have Scriptures translated that they can understand who Jesus is and His love for them. You see, this is what God has given us the opportunity to do together. As we land this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to make a commitment. As I said, we, this there is no, you are not compelled to be part of this. We don't track this. We don't know who you are. We don't know what you give. This is completely between you and God. I invite you to be part of it. I invite you to make a pledge. I invite you to be part of the story that together God is allowing us to write, to be part of the significant impact that together God is allowing us to have. And don't decry the small things. If you're here and you go, we just, we got nothing to give. Well, you might not have anything financially to give. At the end of the service, why don't you go see one of our team on the Gateway Beyond store? Because they might talk about some of the gifts and skills that you've got that you might be able to use practically to bless others. You might be here today and you go, I hate these Sundays. Because every time someone gets up and talks about it, I see my face on that screen and I don't want to admit it and I don't want to tell anyone because I'm really scared by it. But I reckon God's just putting His finger on my life and saying, you're one of the ones that I'm calling to go. You're one of the ones that's going to go. You're going to have a great body of people behind you, encouraging you, giving towards it, praying for you. But guess what? I want you to go. And if that's you this morning, we want to pray for you as well. You don't have to have that form, but we just want to pray that God would keep speaking clarity into your life. We've currently got 12 people that have identified in our church as people that God is prompting to be on that screen one day. Hey church, can I encourage you this morning? This is our first step together as well towards seeing that become a reality. Because what we give today is going to enable Gateway to do what it needs to do to start the process of finding land, turning dirt and laying concrete so that we can create a permanent space where the gospel of Jesus will be proclaimed on the northern Gold Coast under the banner of Gateway for generations to come. Man, is is why I love this day. People that lead churches like me don't love talking about money because people get funny when you talk about money. But I love talking about money when it's got nothing to do with us and it's got all to do with what God wants to do to bless others. And that's the option and the opportunity that I give to you today. Father God, I want to thank you that you put us in a body of people, a community of people, all with different gifts, with different skills, with different resources. But you've put us together so together we can do something significant with you and for you for the sake of your kingdom in this world. I want to thank you for the immense privilege that that is. And God, when we choose to follow you, sometimes it really hurts. Sometimes there is sacrifice. Sometimes we've got to give stuff up. Sometimes we've got to miss out on some stuff. But God, 
You've never proved in any time in history that when people have made that decision that they've missed out or that they've regretted going the places you've called them to go. Because God, where you are, there is no place we would rather be. I want to pray as we give this morning, as we commit to give this morning, Lord, that you would help us just pour out our own generosity so that we can see all these things continue to grow and flourish. All these people that we flick their images on the screen continue to be blessed knowing that there's a whole group of people standing with them, praying for them and generously investing in the things that you've called them to do on behalf of our church right across the world. God, you are good. You gave up everything. You gave up every glory and privilege of heaven to step into our messy reality because of your love for us. May we be people that imitate the same. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.